Hello to all of my melanated kings and queens, my brothers and sisters in Africa as well as South Africa, and to my listening audience around the globe. I welcome each and every one of you back to another episode of CWTG. As you know, I'm Teddy G, your host, and on this channel, ladies and gentlemen, you know we discuss anything and everything with absolutely no sugar, no frosting, and definitely no damn mayonnaise. So y'all go grab y'all sip your favorite cup of coffee, tea, or latte, or whatever it is you prefer to drink, and join me for the next few minutes, ladies and gentlemen, as we talk about Mzungu's staying on cold in this Mzungu nation. All right, we're going to be uh, talking about the uh, Ahmad Avery trial and what uh, this defense attorney had to say, throwing out these uh, uh, cold words to uh, the Mzungu nation, or the, in this case, the jury. We're going to get right into this, ladies and gentlemen, as soon as we do our housekeeping, because you know it's a must that we keep the dirty laundry clean at the studios of Chilling with Teddy G with the Copyright Disclaimer Act of 1976 under Title 17, Section 107. Allowances is made for the fair use for the purpose such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit educational or personal use tips to balance in the favor of fair use. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's get on this uh, uh, Ahmad Avery murder trial where we got these three Mzungus on trial for the murder of this uh, uh, young black man, Ahmad Avery, who we all know is a victim. But yet, ladies and gentlemen, they paint him as a criminal. They paint him as an animal. They called him a rat, a varmint, and several other names, ladies and gentlemen, that does anything but paint him as a human. They really tried to dehumanize him, ladies and gentlemen, to get these three uh, Mzungus uh, found innocent of this modern-day lynching. We know it's all too well, ladies and gentlemen, that they always try to paint Native Black Americans or any person of uh, a melanated persuasion into anything but a, a human. And in this case, anything but a victim. They want him to be responsible for his own murder by saying that he's all those things that I just told you. He's a criminal. He's a vermin. He's a rat that we've cornered. These are the terms and phrases, ladies and gentlemen, that they have used throughout this murder trial. Let's go to BNC for a, a current uh, update on exactly how these defense attorneys are trying to dehumanize uh, a victim of a modern-day lynching. Let's go right to it. The defense attorney for Gregory and Travis McMichael, they've tried to present Arbery as a, a criminal all throughout the trial. This is Laura Ho, one of Gregory McMichael's lawyers. She took it one step further, and this is what drew those audible gasps from the courtroom. Take a listen. Turning Ahmad Arbery into a victim after the choices that he made does not reflect the reality of what brought Ahmad Arbery to Satilla Shores. 
in his khaki shorts with no socks to cover his long, dirty toenails. Assuming that this person, this lawyer, is a pillar of the community in, in, in Brunswick, Georgia, and this is a jury of his, their peers, what does this say about Brunswick, Georgia? And are we looking at something that may not be an open and shut case? You know, it says a lot about Brunswick, Georgia, that remember she said, and we've heard this throughout her entire trial, she said, you know what, I'm one of you. She talks about her father being part of the community there. And, and I believe he was an insurance adjuster. And so for her to feel comfortable enough to say such disparaging words about a victim of a crime, to paint him as a savage lurking in the night with long, dirty toenails, that says a lot about her comfortability. And more important, I see that as code language to those other 11 white jurors that she says, I'm one of you. The McMichaels are one of you. I think that was code language that she was using. And what I hope to see, Dell, is that someone, that someone will stand up uh, in the legal professional community there in Brunswick and file a complaint against her. There are model rules for professional responsibility that govern this type of misconduct because we have standards in our field. And that is unacceptable, what we saw in that courtroom. And what they will look at is whether or not her behavior, her obnoxious, offensive behavior about a victim of a crime, if that in any way was prejudicial to the administration of justice in this case. And I'm telling you, my answer is a resounding yes. And someone needs to step up and file that complaint. Absolutely. I'm in 100% agreement with that. That was the uh, chief uh, uh, legal analyst, ladies and gentlemen, for the uh, Black News Channel. I want to uh, play a portion of that again so you can really catch the significance behind what um, attorneys behavior is supposed to be when they're uh, in court and they're trying such a, a, a big publicized case such as this one in the death of Ahmaud Avery. I understand that you are supposed to give your client the best uh, defense that you can, but you're supposed to do that with certain ethnics, ladies and gentlemen, where you don't try to uh, dehumanize the uh, the victims in this case, which is Amart Avery, okay? I, I feel that they still could have given their uh, Mzungu clients the best defense without trying to dehumanize the man that they pretty much uh, hunted down and killed. In my personal opinion, well, here's my concern, uh, and it involves that one juror who may hang this trial up. Um, it may be offensive to you. It may be offensive to me. It may be offensive to 80 percent of America. But if she knows of one juror who views Ahmaud Arbery as you've heard the word used, vermin, cornered like a rat, if there is one juror who agrees with her, this trial is over. Exactly. But let's go back and hear exactly what uh, Lauren had to say in those previous comments that we listened to. You know, it says a lot about Brunswick, Georgia, that remember she said, and we've heard this throughout her entire trial, she said, you know what, I'm one of you. She talks about her father being part of the community there. And, and I believe he was an insurance adjuster. And so for her to feel comfortable enough to say such disparaging words about a victim of a crime, to paint him as a savage lurking in the night with long, dirty toenails, that says a lot about her comfortability. And more important, I see that as code language to those other 11 white jurors that she says, I'm one of you. 
The McMichaels are one of you. I think that's cold language, ladies and gentlemen. That's that white defense attorney sending out cold words to these 11 uh, white jurors that we're one of you. Y'all got to uh, uh, do the right thing and stay on code and find these uh, uh, defendants innocent of murdering just another animal. Because that's how they consider uh, Native Black American people. They're animals. They're beneath us. We, you don't send uh, people like us to jail for simply doing what you know that we should be doing to all Black people. This is the cold word that, that, that she's using, ladies and gentlemen. These are the statements that's being made, in my personal opinion, um, from her making the uh, statements that uh, she has made. That was cold language that she was using. And what I hope to see, Dell, is that someone, that someone will stand up uh, in the legal professional community there in Brunswick and file a complaint against her. There are model rules of professional responsibility that govern this type of misconduct because we have standards in our field. And that is unacceptable, what we saw in that courtroom. And what they will look at is whether or not her behavior, her obnoxious, offensive behavior about a victim of a crime, if that in any way was prejudicial to the administration of justice in this case. And I'm telling you, my answer is a resounding yes. And someone needs to step up and file that complaint. Laura, here's my concern. Uh, and it involves that one juror who may hang this trial up. Um, it may be offensive to you. It may be offensive to me. It may be offensive to 80% of America. But if she knows of one juror who views Ahmaud Arbery as, you've heard the word used, vermin, cornered like a rat, if there is one juror who agrees with her, this trial is over. I agree. You know, my biggest concern is that there's going to be disagreement amongst the jurors in terms of, for instance, Rhody Bryant, what level of crime they should be held accountable for their actions, and that we're going to have a hung jury. I think if there was ever a wild card of a case, this is it, Dell, and it'll be interesting to see if that one black juror holds out as well and says, no, Bryant is responsible as well. They're responsible for malice murder, not just aggravated assault. And so, again, time will tell, but the, the, the things are in motion, meaning it's very likely this will be a hung jury. And if so, we're going to go well past the Thanksgiving holiday. Here to take a closer look at the trial, uh, we're joined by attorney Ryan Jones and Shane Harris, a social just, justice activist. Also, our own Laura McNeil is back with us as well. And, and, you know, when white people are put on trial for killing African-Americans, the victim winds up on trial. In this case, no different. Here is Ahmaud Arbery's mother, Wanda Cooper Jones. Take a listen. I sat there for the last two weeks and let them dehumanize my son who wasn't doing anything wrong the day that he chose to, to go for that afternoon job. And after he's deceased, they go as, as far as describing his, his toenails as being long and dirty. Wow. So Ryan, the race card was used, but not by the prosecution in this case, despite the objections of African-Americans. Uh, it was used by the defense. This jury, 11 whites. Was it a good idea for them to resort to race? I don't think so. Uh, not even remotely close. I believe the best strategy for the defense would have been to try to gain sympathy for the defendants. If that's your uh, community members, you want to talk about the fact that 
he lives with you guys, you know him as a nice person, he's got a, he's a father, and their fathers are, you know, they've been a part of this community. That's the way you want to go. As opposed to using incendiary language that triggers people and makes people mad, and now puts her in a position to where she might receive some professional misconduct claims, as Gordon mentioned. Shane, here's my problem, um, and this is a personal opinion. The prosecutor didn't paint Ahmaud Arbery as some type of animal or, so, or something subhuman, but she also didn't paint him as somebody that was an upstanding member of the community, somebody who was a mother's child that the community was rallying behind. Where are we on this? And, and I'll ask you to answer briefly because the, the judge is coming back in, so go ahead. Yeah, I think it's uh, very uh, uh, disgusting uh, the imagery she used of Ahmad, uh, even in spite of all of this and him uh, clearly being the victim, um, she did not humanize him at all. Matter of fact, she dehumanized him. She went straight to, uh, uh, you know, his toenails and his uh, his appearance, uh, uh, just as a as, as you know as as, as a human being. Uh, this was just disgusting and despicable that uh, this attorney could use this kind of language, and I hope that somebody. Uh, in her in her hometown uh, in Brunswick, brings uh, a prosecutor uh, you know brings misconduct charges against her because I believe she uh, uh, clearly overstepped the bounds of what uh, representing or lawyer uh, would be doing uh, in a trial. Well, I, I will say this, ladies and gentlemen, they probably feel that we as a, a, a native Black Americans are the only ones who feel like that. That's the reason why she used these code words. That's the reason why she was talking to this uh, jury in that type of fashion, because that's what they do. You know, they don't consider us humans, you know, even in the legal terms uh, where um, they considered us uh, three fifths of a human. How can you count anybody, any breathing individual as three fifths? You're whole. That's it. So with all of that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to see how when I talk about staying on cold with each other, how they do this on a uh, normal basis. OK, when they want to uh, get their um, their their uh, nation uh, kept together to be found innocent or to get away with some type of heinous and nefarious crime, these are the tactics that they use, okay? No matter what, if you're an African-American, you're not a human. You're anything but that. You're a criminal. You're a vermin. You're a rat. You're a monkey. You're a gorilla, okay? You're a, they're primates. This is how that they see us. They hold us even lesser than how they treat their own pets, their dogs and their cats or whatever and whatnot. They feel that we are even, yes, ladies and gentlemen, beneath them. You heard me say it. I'm not taking it back. That's exactly how I feel. That's how I know it is in this world. There's so much hatred and um, for Native Black Americans, ladies and gentlemen, that it is absolutely atrocious the way that they see us. We know this all too well. 
when uh, the black community, ladies and gentlemen, got flooded with uh, crack cocaine, we were criminals. But when their community got flooded with uh, opioids, oh, we have a, a epidemic. We have uh, a people who are, are, are sick that need help. You never heard the word uh, criminal. You never heard the words addict. You heard them view themselves as victims but yet they're caught up in the same uh, uh, behavior as when the uh, black community was flooded with uh, those type of drugs, which happened to spill over into uh, their, their areas and their, and their neighborhoods and their children. All right, we're not gonna ever forget about the uh, photos and the videos that we've seen of uh, Hunter Biden when he was caught up in his uh, uh, drug situation, okay, who never did <clears throat> any time. He never was uh, viewed as a criminal. You know, he was a victim of a uh, uh, opioid uh, addiction and, and crack addiction, you know, but he was never called an addict. He never spent one minute in jail. All right. Y'all see where I'm going with this, right? I'm sure you do. All right, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, with all that being said, I'm going to keep y'all abreast on what's going on and these closing and final arguments of the Amar Abria murder trial where the jury has now uh, gone into a session to uh, bring out a, a verdict on these uh, three... Uh, modern day lynchers and we'll see exactly what happened i appreciate each and every one of you tuning in ladies and gentlemen to another episode of chilling with teddy g as i ask y'all always at the end of every show please continue to do your social distancing we're in a new world now ladies and gentlemen there's a new normal all right and a, and a face mask a face shield gloves and shoe coverings and things like this should now be a part of your normal uh, everyday wear. This is a part of your uh, outer gear. If you're going outside, ladies and gentlemen, and you're not wearing a face mask and keeping your hands concealed and your shoes concealed so you don't track these germs or viruses back into your home, then you're not giving this virus, this pandemic, the uh, due justice that uh, it needs. And you're not considering it to be as dangerous as it is. So I ask y'all, please, man, please, 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 to reduce the spread of this virus and to reduce the, the deaths, you need to uh, act accordingly, okay? Take care of your immune system. Eat your proper meals. Take your proper vitamins. Eat your proper uh, uh, vegetables and fruits and nuts and berries and seeds and lemon and garlic and onions and your G-bombs. Let's not forget your greens. All of these are uh, immune system builders, ladies and gentlemen, and we all know it's being scientifically proven that your chances are much better of not catching this virus if you have a strong and healthy immune system. 
the ones that we are having the most trouble with, ladies and gentlemen, are not the ones that are not vaccinated, but the ones whose uh, immune system is compromised. So we must take care of our immune system. I tell you all these things because I love you. And loving you guys is my food. And Teddy G is hungry each and every single day of his life. With all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, until I have the opportunity to address you guys again, I bid each and every one of you peace, love, and soul. Finding your locker natural hair journey is oh so rewarding, but can be extremely stressful when you start to consider what products to use. If that's you, then look no further. Locklicious is a Black-owned company that has created an all-natural product line for locked and loose natural crowns. The Locklicious team works hard to ensure that their products are free of parabens, phthalates, sulfates, PEG, synthetics, and other toxic chemicals you find in other products. Best of all, the products are lightweight and will not leave residue or cause buildup. Go to Locklicious.com to start treating your crown like royalty. Welcome to Chilling with Teddy G, an authentic Black channel empowering the Black community and capturing the modern-day Black reality through investigative journalism. I'm your host, Teddy G.